The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated French Open in years, and Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your smart TV or your phone live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to continue their legacy on the clay courts? From the first serve to the final point, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it all happens. Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you're listening on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. And boy, do we have a show for you because we are living in the greatest era of tennis ever. What is being done right now at the top level of tennis in the men's game has never been done before and is the most incredible thing going on in sports to date. Now, today we're going to talk a lot about Wimbledon and the Wimbledon recap, and the biggest thing about the Wimbledon recap is no one can undermine what happened in London, and that is Novak Djokovic gets his 20th Grand Slam. Now, Novak has been chasing Roger and Rafa for a long time, and Rafa has been chasing Roger for a long time. Gets to 20 last year at the French Open, could get to 20 this year at this year's French Open, or 21, doesn't get there. And now Novak Djokovic not only wins the Australian Open this year to get to 18, he wins the French Open to get to 19, and now he wins Wimbledon to get to 20. I mean, for all three of these dudes to be at 20 at the same time in the modern world and also to be chasing each other and still playing good tennis is remarkable. So we're going to talk all about that first, and then we are going to get into kind of what Wimbledon was what the matches were, what they turned out to be, what impressed me, what I was a little disappointed in, and then we'll move on from there. We have a really good show for you this week. We got a really good show for you next week, so stay tuned right here on Believe in the ATP Tour. Let's start with Novak Djokovic. Novak Djokovic now sits at 20 grand slams. And let's put these three side by side by side, and these are facts according to the ATP Tour. They each have 20 grand slam titles. As far as ATP title or ATP finals go, Nito ATP finals, Novak has five, Rafa has zero, and Roger Federer has six. As far as ATP 1000s, if you remember last year, Novak got to 36 titles of ATP 1000s. Rafa has 36, but Roger only has 28. Then you look at Olympics one, which is another good topic we're going to get into next week. The only person that's won in Olympics in those in that group is Rafael Nadal. Then you look at total championships one. Novak Djokovic sits at 61, Rafa sits at 57, and Roger sits at 54. Novak Djokovic is creating a legacy for himself to be the best tennis player to ever play on this earth. And even in his post-game press conference, his post-match press conference at Wimbledon, he said, I'm not done. 
We're going to keep going from here. And he is. He's playing some of the best tennis of his career, and no one can literally stop him. Even a great Matteo Berrettini can't stop Novak Djokovic. There's a lot of players that can't stop Novak Djokovic. He is simply too good in the game of tennis right now. And the way that he's playing is a new level. I mean, he can stretch it four sets. He can stretch it five. In the last two finals he's played, in the French Open, he lost the first two sets early, comes back and wins in five. And he looked like the better player nearly the whole time. And then in the Wimbledon final, he loses in a tiebreak early, kind of loses a couple breaks that he had already won against Matteo Berrettini, and then comes back and seems to win handily in four. So the way that Novak Djokovic is winning these matches and the way that he looks is almost like dumb. Like, he is playing dumb good tennis right now. And it's incredible to watch. It almost gives you chills when you watch it because he is so good. He plays so elegantly. And he's on his way to making history. Now, I want to talk about the final for a little bit here. It was Matteo Berrettini versus Novak Djokovic. And to be honest, the first set kind of put, you know, Novak fans or people that wanted Novak to win his 20th Grand Slam here kind of in an uncomfortable situation because you hardly ever see Novak lose a couple breaks like that. He was up like 5-2 in the first set, ended up losing in a tiebreaker, and Mateo really just all of a sudden comes out of nowhere, starts playing really well, loosens up a little bit, starts hitting shots, and next thing you know, he loses the first set. And for a lot of people, that would bring your confidence way down. You look at how Roger played against Hercotch in the quarterfinals, and there were times similar to that where it looked like Roger was going to come out of it, and he didn't, and it kind of went downhill from there. But not for Novak in the final. Somehow, he gets more comfortable as he as he loses a set or something. I don't know how it works, but he seems to just settle right in and remember the task at hand and be like, all right, I got this. And I've mentioned this before, but in the French Open final, the commentator said, yeah, Novak feels comfortable playing five sets against the younger generations because he has more experience and he just feels like he's better and can beat them in longer matches, which you think he's an older guy. How should he feel comfortable playing on the court longer? I don't get it either, but somehow he does it and he does it really, really well. He washes pretty much Berrettini in the last three sets. There was no question in those last three sets who was going to win the Wimbledon title. It was going to be Novak Djokovic. And after the match, to see the pure joy on his face, you could tell it meant something. And even in press conferences, he goes, I'm not chasing Roger and Rafa. I'm just chasing to be the best I can be. And that might be true, but everyone's chasing to beat the best person out there. And you're going to be chasing to beat Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal's record. And he's not beaten it yet but he sure has tied it at 20 as they all sit at 20 grand slams. And he seems to be cruising and able to win more grand slams in a comfortable manner. Even the golden grand slam or the calendar grand slam could be on deck for Novak Djokovic even this year. So there's a lot going on with Djokovic. There's a lot to talk about, which we'll talk about some of the other stuff next week's po- podcast. But I got to tell you, I'm so impressed with Novak Djokovic. He is the level he's playing at right now um, almost makes you speechless. You don't even know what to say because he's so good. Like, he is so good that no one can touch him. And there's no way he should be playing that way in his mid-30s and just swiping these kids that are 20 to 25. 
I mean, he's making them look like they don't belong on the court with him. It's like high school players out there playing with them sometimes. That's what it looks like. Super impressive stuff from the Serbian, and he's well on his way to be the greatest of all time in the greatest sport of all time, tennis. Now let's take a step back and talk about the quarterfinals, because that's where I left you off last week in last week's podcast. Now we're going to talk a lot more about Djokovic, because obviously he ends up winning this whole thing, but let's start with his quarterfinal match against Fucevic. Now Fucevic played really well in this tournament. He beat Diego Schwartzman, he ended up beating Andre Rublev, who's red hot, and Rublev just seemed, doesn't, doesn't seem to have the it factor as of now, but Fucevic was playing really well coming into this quarterfinal, ends up losing to Novak. 636464 not a chance. Let's look at the next one. It's Karen Hachinov versus Denis Shapovalov. And this was a really good match. This one went 5 sets actually, and Shapo ends up winning the first set and the fourth and the fifth set. But these were two young heavy hitters that pretty much were just battling back and forth this entire match. I was happy to see Shapo get out of this one cuz he's a 10 seed, but good to see Hachinov actually make it to a quarterfinal at a big tournament like this. And seemed to be kind of on the rebound and, you know, getting his ranking back up and getting into deeper into tournaments. Um, I think it's good for the Russian because Russian tennis right now is some of the best tennis they've ever had. And I kind of hope he jumps in that mix with Medvedev and Rublev and Karatsev, for that matter, um, to get back into the swing of things like he used to be. He used to be solid. Um, and I think he got hurt in there a little bit, and he just hasn't been the same. So good to see Hachinov back in the game here. But Shapo advances to the semifinals. Matteo Berrettini, you kind of know where this one's going, plays his good friend Felix Ogier Aliasim, beats him in four sets. That was a really good match, though. It was back and forth. Um, those two are very entertaining to watch because they're both young, and they both strike the ball very, very well. Um, and, and they're good friends. And so I believe, don't quote me on this, Matteo Berrettini's dating Isla Tomlovich and Tomlovich's cousin is dating Felix Ogier Aliasim. And so they're kind of like a little pod of four, I believe, um, from what I've seen in my in-depth research. Um, and then we go down to the biggest quarterfinal of all, Roger Federer versus Hubie Hercotch. And Hercotch beats him in straight sets. And that was very surprising. And I was thrown off by it. I was wrong. I will admit, everybody, you might want to write this down or record what I'm saying right now. I was wrong. Roger Federer just kind of ran out of gas, and that's straight up what happened. Um, I watched this match. I was extremely, I don't want to say disappointed, but it kind of just sucked. You could tell Roger just wasn't there, and Hercotch just had more energy and was just making shots simply. Roger didn't play very well. Hercotch played good enough. And Hercotch was just younger. Roger seemed like he might have been falling apart, might have been too long of a tournament, which raises the question of what's next for Roger Federer. And the answer is no one knows. Roger doesn't know if he's going to retire. He even said in his post-match press conference, he doesn't know what's next for him. He doesn't know when retirement's actually going to be a thing. He would love to play more and he wants to play more, but he's just got to really listen to his body. And then you look back and think, this guy is 39, going to be 40 here, I believe, this week. And he just made it to the quarterfinals of Wimbledon. Like, if you're that old and that's a bad result for you, that's still better than a lot of players that are in their prime. It is. That won't even make it. Like, you look at 
Felix Ogier Aliasim, granted he's like 20 years old, that's his be- that's his best outcome he's had on making it to the quarterfinals. So Roger Federer, I think, has a lot of good tennis in front of him, and I still think he can entertain and make pushes at Grand Slams. Now the problem is, is anything that's not a Grand Slam title is almost a disappointment to him or his fans. But you got to look at how Roger Federer is still playing at a high level. He is still a mastro of the game. And I think he's really good for the game. I don't really care. Um, I don't know if he's going to win another Grand Slam. I just hope that he keeps playing for the love of the sport and for the love of the fans that love watching him play super competitive tennis in the sport. But Hercotch moves on to the semifinals, ends up playing Matteo Berrettini. Now, Hercotch kind of pushes Berrettini to a fourth set, but Berrettini... Berrettini's playing really well. He won Queens going into Wimbledon. Coming into Wimbledon, he plays a lot of good players. Ends up making it to the semifinals. I mean, Berrettini played very, very well um, in his whole Wimbledon swing right here. Uh, the other Berrettini makes it to the finals. The other semifinal is Novak Djokovic. He played Denis Shapovalov and beats him in straight sets. Now, this was a Djokovic won in a tiebreaker first set and then won 7-5-7-5 in the next two sets. This was much closer than the scoreboard actually said it was because it was tiebreaker and then 7-5-7-5, but Shapo was right in this match. And for some of the match, he outplayed Novak Djokovic. So for Djokovic just to come out of this in three sets was, to me, an incredible achievement because not only does it save his body, but it saves his time and his effort and everything, his mental capacity, all that stuff. But this match was much, much closer than the scoreboard represents. And Shapo was kind of emotional getting off the court after it. But he de- he definitely deserved to at least win a set. He should have won two sets off Djokovic and put himself in a good position to almost win that match. But once again, Novak Djokovic too good in the final. He wins and beats Berrettini. And he loses in that tiebreak in the first set and then beats him 6-4, 6-4, 6-3, and that is Wimbledon. Ash Barty won on the women's side an incredible win against Karolina Pliskova. That was also a really, really good match. Um, Ash Barty, what an amazing accomplishment winning her first Wimbledon. Um, she is a thrill to watch, and she's a class act on and off the court. Overall, the tournament was a thrill to watch. Um, after a lot, a lot of drama in the first week, it kind of calmed down in the second week. Um, next year, there's no middle Sunday. Uh, the grass got much drier as the tournament went on, so there were less complaints and less slipping. Um, yeah, there was a ton of drama the first week in this tournament, and I kind of almost felt bad for the Wimbledon committee because it's like you guys are just getting roasted right now. But they kind of redeemed themselves in the second week, had a great end of the tournament. There's no middle Sunday next year. There hopefully will be better grass next year. Sorry, Wimbledon, but I had to chirp you for that because there were a lot of complaints about the grass. And we're gearing up for, you know, a great end of 2021. We don't know what the Olympics is going to hold. We don't know what the U.S. Open is going to hold. We do know that it's going to hold probably 100% fans and no line judges. But there is a lot, a lot of good tennis around the way, around the corner. And I am super excited for what's to come this summer. Let's even look at kind of what's next. The next month is not really a whole lot of important tournaments. Right now, the Hall of Fame Open's happening in Rhode Island. Um, There's stuff going on in Sweden, Mexico, Croatia, Switzerland, Japan. Um, And they're all ATP 250s. Now, the one to watch is going to be Atlanta. That's the one a lot of players are playing in. 
instead of playing in the Olympics. So that's kind of when the U.S. Open, um, you know, series kind of kicks off. And then, you know, first thing in August, you got an ATP 500, the City Open in Washington, D.C., which Rafa is going to play in now. Um, and then it just goes down the list. You got Toronto, you got Cincy, you got Winston-Salem, then you got New York. So there's a lot of good tennis to look forward to here in 2021 and the summer leading up to the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open is not too far away. And the Olympics is just around the corner. We're going to get all into all that. We're going to talk about all of that. And we have a ton of good tennis. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Next week, we're going to talk a lot about the Olympics. We're going to talk about the Players Association that I promised you we would talk about. And there's even more storylines that we are going to get into next week in this podcast. Overall, Wimbledon, great tournament, good turnout, 100% capacity for the last three rounds of that tournament. Novak Djokovic gets his 20th Grand Slam, moves him into the GOAT talk. Will he advance in the GOAT talk in the next two tournaments? The Olympics, will he play in it? The U.S. Open's next. Who knows? You can reach out to me at Jacob Sersosimo, at Believe, at Believe Podcast. Thanks for listening today. Take care of yourself. Relax. Wimbledon's over. But around the corner, we have some of the most important tennis of the year. Who will be the GOAT? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.